Talk to my friend Drew Allen. And I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. One of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. As die-hard conservative. I this guy for wisdom. Folks, we do not live in a free country anymore. We do not live in a nation that is guided by law and order. We do not live in a constitutional republic anymore. We live in a de facto dictatorship. I mean, the recent weaponization, well, it's not even that recent. It's been going on for a long time, but the, re- the most recent manifestation of that abuse you know, the brown shirts of the Democrat Party, the FBI going in and raiding Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago private residence. Well, I mean, that's just one example. Today, we have federal student debt forgiveness. Now, it's important. So Joe Biden has announced that he, by virtue of giving an edict... Well, he's just wiping out student debt. That's right. He just utters the words and it's done. Now, never mind the fact that this is totally unconstitutional, right? Nancy Pelosi herself, last July, she said he can postpone, he can delay, but he does not have that power. That has to be an act of Congress. She was talking about what he just did today. Ditto Chuck Chuck U. Schumer. He can't do such a sweeping move with the flick of a pin. Well, where are these Democrats now? You know, when you get into the FBI raid stuff, you know, the President of the United States does does have the constitutional unilateral ability to declassify documents by virtue of saying he wants them declassified. And of course, they're trying to build a case for prosecution against Donald Trump because he didn't say that. He didn't he didn't say that, but here you cannot issue a royal edict to get rid of federal debt, federal student debt, but here Joe Biden is. And we know why he's doing this first. Look, he he has This is a campaign promise he made, and they've been dragging their feet on it forever because he couldn't do it. It was a campaign promise that could never be fulfilled, not lawfully, not constitutionally. But now they finally made the announcement after dragging their feet on this campaign promise for 18 months since Joe Biden came into office. And there are a litany of things to address with this. But fundamentally, if we're going to put them in order of the things that are wrong with this, at the top of the list has to be the unconstitutional nature of this. Its significance as evidence that we no longer live in a free country, we live in a de facto dictatorship. So Biden makes this big announcement, right? 
So what the announcement was really, if you want to translate it correctly, is that he just announced that he's issuing you and me a $300 billion bill for services we didn't ever receive. And he's doing this now because the media has desperately been trying to save Joe Biden's presidency, trying to, well, lie to us and spin his failures as victories. Now, there's no talk about Afghanistan in two days from now on uh, August 26th. That will mark the one year anniversary in which 12, 13 American service members were murdered in his botched withdrawal from Afghanistan. So all these things, I mean, they're cover-ups for failures. They're distractions for sure. But, you know, this is trying to give the media, of course, and the Democrats' assistance going into the midterms. They passed the Inflation Enhancement Act. And the Democrats were celebrating that as a historic victory for Joe Biden, right? Great, great president here. And now this comes on the heels of that. Now, they're doing this to buy votes, right? I mean, look, the Democrat base, what do you think of when you think of the Democrat base? I'll tell you what I think about. It's, um, it's uh, the pajama-wearing young adults living in mama's basement. They're the ones who spent $250,000 on a degree in women's studies. They went to college and they did their keg stands and they graffitied campuses and burned down buildings in the BLM riots and crowed for social justice. And it was such a great ride. And after they went to university and paid the $250,000 to get this education and self-loathing victimhood and hatred for America and capitalism, well, they got out of school and couldn't find a job or they got low-paying jobs because they didn't have any useful skills because, believe it or not, being a liberal isn't a useful skill. So we've already got inflation in this country. We have a recession, even though the Democratic Party, the Biden administration, deny it. And this is what I mean. This is the authoritarianism. They just stand up there, and because they say it, it must be so. So, you know, this isn't the first thing that Biden fulfilled of his campaign promises. Uh, this is actually the second. The first campaign promise is, is that he was going to drive up gas prices and destroy American energy independence, that he was going to go to war with the fossil fuel industry. And he's certainly done that. And we see that the gas pump still today in the bills we pay for cooling. And soon in the winter, those of you who live in very cold climates, well, get ready to freeze and buy a lot of blankets that are twice what you would have paid for a blanket before Biden's inauguration. But, you know, this is big for the base because they're a bunch of coddled, incompetent, pajama-wearing adults, like I said, who live in mama's basement. And let's get into some numbers here because I just want to give a comprehensive, just, well, I want to go to war with this lie from every angle possible. So, you know, this uh, $10,000 federal debt forgiveness, it's going to wipe out the debt of one-third of borrowers. And I want to translate that. That means that one-third of borrowers 
One third of the people this is going to help only had $10,000 left to pay off in student debt. Only $10,000. Now, that's not nothing, but it's certainly something that is reasonable that can be paid off in a relatively short time if they make it a priority. But, you know, with this promise from the campaign trail, I got to tell you, how many of these are, I'll pose the question, it's rhetorical, but how many... uh, people out there with federal student debt student debt didn't pay it off because they expected this result how many of them spent that money because they anticipated they wouldn't have to pay it off how many people are in worse debt paying for other costs because they just took the same irresponsible attitude and spent money they didn't have on other toys and other gimmicks and other iPhones and other computer systems to play in mama's basement because they figured the 10k was gone you know this is the way americans have been taught to live this is why we have credit card issues in this country because people live beyond their means and now there's an an additional problem which is the democrats are making it unaffordable to live in america but we'll get to that in a second but you know if biden hadn't caused inflation which is eaten away at far more than 10k of our net worth over the past 18 months, well, they'd have had the 10K to pay it off to begin with. And I understand what $10,000 means in debt. I'll, I'll be straightforward with you. I, in the past, when I was in my 20s, I produced a feature film. And I had to fundraise for it and raise the money because it was independent But I put a lot of my money into that film as well. And I forked over a lot of my money. And I found myself, well, about $10,000 to $12,000 in debt. And I got to tell you, it sucked. It sucked. I spent years uh, actually suffering quietly most of the time. And, you know, anybody who's been in debt, I mean, it is this weight that you just, you try to ignore, but it's with you all the time. Because... You know, the other bills, the other cost of living don't go away to pave the way for you to just focus on the debt. You've got to find a way to pay it off. And with interest and so on and so forth, especially in the private realm, with banks, with credit cards, it is onerous. It feels like you're not getting anywhere paying down that debt. But that is your responsibility. That was my responsibility. I chose to do it. Nobody else was on the hook for that debt. It was my fault. I don't regret producing the film, but I mean, I do regret that I dug into my own pockets and put myself in that situation because it was very, very painful. And I promised myself that I would never get in debt again after that. Now, the left is uh, nonsensical. They're praising this federal debt relief because it's going to allow indebted college graduates to now pay off other debts. Think about that. They're not addressing the root cause of anything. They can pay for other bills now. Bills that have um, been exacerbated in terms of of the costs because of Biden's policies. You know, the Democrats have Stockholm Syndrome. They do. I mean, they sit there and worship and celebrate those who are abusing them, that are responsible for their pain. And this, this federal student debt, right? So the federal government is loaning out money so that College students can 
pay for the price of college. And Biden in his speech today was lambasting how public education, and not to mention even private education, how the cost of it has gone up. It's skyrocketed. Well, why is that? Well, there is no capitalism in that world because the federal government is creating the system, education system in America that can charge so much money because they know that the federal government is going to give loans to people to convince them to pay that money. If that money wasn't attainable, if the federal government wasn't involved in the education process in terms of the finance, well, those colleges would not be able to charge what they're charging because they wouldn't have anybody who could pay it for the most part. And so the government's created this problem with their interference, like always. And the real irony of this celebration, right, countless people out there and they're Democrat and conservative, anybody today who had student debt who believes it's wiped out now and they're off the hook, well, you know, the easy way out is not the best way. The easy solution is not the best solution. And the reality is that we just added $300 billion to the federal debt. You and I are on the hook for that. Taxes will have to be raised to pay for this and the other spending of the Democrats in Congress. And the truth is, the short-term fix here, relief of wiping away $10,000 in debt, well, that action will be eclipsed by the pain we face due to the economic consequences, inflation, tax hikes. The truth is, if people had just hunkered down and paid off the 10K over the next few years, they would have spent less money than they're going to spend now in the long term paying off for the massive debt that the country has added to its bill due to the Democratic policy and this latest federal loan forgiveness. And you know, Republicans out there, conservatives out there, who are betraying their principles now because they're excited because this benefits them directly, well, you got to look in the mirror and dig deep. Because convenience cannot permit you to betray your own principles. So this has psychological consequences as well. So $300 billion to the federal debt. That's why we have inflation. We've printed too much money. This is going to add more debt, going to add more inflation, exacerbate inflation. And we don't need to spend more to nation. as a nation. We need to spend less. And this is just a... It's just, you know, people are such suckers. Falling for this. Falling for this. And what's the Democrat solution for the root cause of the skyrocketing education costs? They don't have a solution. They just want to create more government dependence. This is what people just do not understand, fundamentally, that I try to explain day after day when I sit behind the microphone and when I speak and go on TV or radio or whatever it is. The government is responsible for all of our problems. They are responsible for this. And they're not helping you. They're making you a slave. They're trying to change your attitude to believe that 
There are no consequences for your action. That you can look to Uncle Biden to save you. And your life in the long term is going to be much more painful than it ever was if you had just, like I said, dug deep and dug yourself out of the hole you've gotten yourself in. You know, and there's something else to this too. So there's more than 43 million Americans who have federal student debt. And, you know, half of them, I believe, have 20,000 or left. So the point is, people could have and should have and would have paid off their own debt if the Democratic Party and Joe Biden hadn't come out and promised to get rid of it for them. So psychology here. You know, um, Hunter Biden, you know, the great role model out there, the great artiste. Well, he's the son, of course, of Joe Biden. Hunter Biden is a reckless convict, liar, bamboozler because of his father. Hunter Biden lived a life, a coddled life, free of responsibility. He never had to face the consequences of any of his actions. He did crack cocaine. He slept with prostitutes, underage girls. He violated the law when he uh, you know, applied to purchase a firearm saying that he didn't have a record. He faced no consequences for that. And you get Hunter Biden. Joe Biden raising his son to believe that he was entitled that he didn't have to face any consequences but because he was Joe Biden's son, well, that produced Hunter Biden. How many Hunter Bidens were just created because Joe Biden just told them that they too could live a life free of responsibility without consequences? That's the real problem with this. That's my problem with the abortion arguments. You too can live a life free of of responsibility. You don't have to take precautions. You don't have to be responsible because there's always an easy out. You don't have to raise that child because you chose to make the decisions that you did in terms with sleeping, not using protection, whatever it might be that would have led to that pregnancy. Well, don't worry. You can just abort the child You took out money, $250,000, school's unaffordable for you. Well, tell you what, big uncle Biden will give you the money you need up front to pay for this. You too can go and get a degree in indoctrination and hatred of America. And don't worry, don't worry. When it comes down to it, when you don't have any useful skills, except the perceived skill in your mind of being a liberal Democrat elitist, just like Hunter Biden, Well, you won't have to pay that money. We'll make Drew Allen pay for it. We'll make his audience pay for it. You shouldn't have to pay for that, even though you made the decision and got yourself in that situation. We'll just uh, put it on the shoulders of the rest of the American people. That's where this leads. All right, when we get back, I'm going to take a short break here. We're going to discuss Charlie Crist. Charlie Crist, Democrat politician, running in Florida, who uh, accuses all DeSantis voters of being evil. Evil. 
Sick and tired of the projection here. We're gonna hold a mirror up to the left here and expose them as the real pandemic of evil sweeping across this nation. This is Drew Allen. I'll be right back. Actually, before I get to Charlie Crist and his projection, you know, I, I want to stay on this topic with the federal student debt forgiveness, which is not forgiveness, it's the transfer of debt from the indebted to those of us who are responsible. By the way, how about all of the college graduates out there who were responsible and paid off their own debt, who didn't wait around for this forgiveness? Are they going to be benefited? Are they going to benefit in some way from this? Are they going to get their money back? No, they're not. You know, this is the thing. This is teaching people uh, to become victims. It is celebrating irresponsibility. The responsible, well, F you. Ha <laughs> ha, thank you for paying off your debt. Now we're going to pay off everybody else's debt. It's like, it's like the illegal immigration. Okay, what about all the people who come here and spend a lot of money, hire the lawyers, go through the lawful legal channels of immigration to reside here in a legal fashion? What about all those people that are being cut in line by illegal immigrants who are being who are the beneficiaries of un, of lawless action by the pro open border crowd out there, which is the Democratic Party? This is more of that. You know, this is um, deterring future people to behave responsibly, to behave lawfully, to be accountable for their own actions. This is encouraging future generations of Americans to act wildly, irresponsibly, recklessly, and to learn no lessons from their mistakes. And my biggest concern is actually not the pajama-wearing liberals out there who are celebrating this. It's conservatives who are celebrating this because they, too, are beneficiaries of this federal debt forgiveness. And I got to tell you, if you're in that category, you better dig deep, look in the mirror, and fight hard to resist that temptation. Because, look, being a conservative is hard. It requires principle. It requires action. Being a liberal is easy. It's lazy. You don't have to do anything to be a liberal. You just get to be a victim. You get to do whatever you want, break the law, and you're bailed out. It doesn't require any character. You're rewarded for being a loser. I'm not talking about people in debt. I'm not saying they're losers, but in general, by and large. You know, it's liberal privilege. And we cannot be weak in this. If we are principled, as we claim to be, we must stand up for what's right and lawful and moral, even when we are benefiting from something that is wrong. And this federal debt forgiveness is wrong. Now, we've seen this before. I want to give you examples, and I want you to listen to me carefully because when I say what I'm going to say next, some of you are going to start to cringe. But hear me out. Gay marriage. 
Listen carefully. You can be pro-gay marriage, but against, against the federal government's overreach to demand that gay marriage was lawful in all 50 states. Gay marriage was simply something that was an anomaly in society. Now, there are historical reasons for promoting straight marriage. But the point is, we have a law that we have to abide by. Even Look, just because we want something to happen because we believe in it doesn't mean that we get to unilaterally violate the Constitution to achieve that end. California put that as a proposition on the ballot, right? They took it to a vote. Do the people of California want gay marriage to be lawful in California? And it was rejected. The Californians said they didn't want gay marriage to be lawful. Okay, whether you agree with gay marriage or not, that's how it takes place. Let me, let me give you another example. How about having uh, multiple wives? Is that legal in America? Like gay marriage, I mean, you could make an argument, right, that, I mean, people should, I mean, that's their personal decision. Why should people be forced to only have one spouse? The point is society makes these decisions. Now, if the federal government tomorrow determined that in all 50 states polygamy was the law of the land because, you know, like gay individuals who were not permitted to to be married in the past, well, that was discriminatory. You could make the same argument for polygamy. But, you know, the ends doesn't justify the means. It's the same thing with Roe v. Wade. You can be pro-abortion, but against the unconstitutional ruling of Roe v. Wade. Abortion's not in the Constitution. It's a state's rights issue. The state has the ability, just like the states ha- should have had the ability to Make their own laws regarding marriage. If a state wants polygamy, go for it. Vote for it. If they want gay marriage, vote for it. Fine. If a state wants to ban straight marriage, go for it. But there are laws that must be adhered to. And so you can be pro-gay marriage. You can be pro, uh, pro-abortion. But against the unconstitutional means of achieving that objective. You've got to persuade other people to vote for it. But you can't be principled and support unlawful channels and means of achieving that which you desire. I would love for the president to send me a $1 million check. Just stand up there and sign a bill into law saying Drew Allen gets a $1 million. That would benefit me, wouldn't it? But he can't do that. And that's why the burden is on conservatives to stand up for principle. Because just because something benefits it, benefits us directly, doesn't make it right. Stimulus checks. Oh, great, I'm getting $1,200 from the government. Well, that created this problem we're in now with inflation and recession. But people overlook that and say, well, I could use that $1,200, so I'm going to discard my principles right now, and I'm just going to take that $1,200. We can't do that. Cheating in elections. BLM. Look, The ends cannot justify the means. That is a Democrat way of life. 
The left believes this, and it's anarchy. BLM, sure, we burned down cities and killed people, but it was for a good cause, and they were all off the hook. They were bailed out. They faced no consequences for their actions. Sure, Trump was impeached over two hoaxes. Sure, Trump-Russia collusion didn't actually happen. The Democrats invented it, but he's a bad guy, an evil guy. So we can break the law. We can raid his home. We can destroy him because we don't like him. I don't like guns. Let's ban them. Well, what about the Second Amendment? doesn't matter. We ignore the Second Amendment because we think guns are dangerous. I don't like your opinion. I say it's dangerous, so you aren't permitted to speak. And what this federal student debt forgiveness is all about is cementing victimhood in the minds of the American people, making that the way people move forward. What other debts are unfair? What other things are going to be forgiven and taken on by the taxpayer? You see how this just exacerbates the issues in America? We cannot celebrate this, even if we're beneficiaries of it, because it's not lawful. We have to be principled people who stand up for what's right, even when it hurts us. All right. Let's get into Charlie Crist here. So this is, uh, let me see if I have this right. So this is from The Federalist. I mean, you can find this reporting everywhere. But Charlie Chris says that all DeSantis voters have hate in their hearts. He calls uh, Ron DeSantis anti-freedom. He says he doesn't respect your freedom if you're a woman. He doesn't respect your freedom if you're African-American. This is dangerous rhetoric. Dangerous rhetoric. And so Chris told voters out there, those who support the governor should stay with him and vote for him, and I don't want your vote. Well, he's, he's not going to get any votes because everyone, the majority of people like the governor. But he goes on and says, if you have hate in your heart, keep it there. Who is it that has hate in their heart? Who is it that destroyed the lives of millions of Americans? Demanded uh, vaccine mandates? who called uh, half the population, you know, basket of deplorables. That was Hillary Clinton. Who is it? Joe Biden, who uh, wished unvaccinated Americans a uh, winter of death and disease illness. Hillary Clinton, her quote, you know, to be to just be grossly generalistic, you could put half of Trump supporters into what I call the basket of deplorables. She went on and the crowd applauded that statement, by the way. This is the thing. If Donald Trump said that. He should be. uh, Denounced. They all belong in the basket of deplorables. No, I mean, there are deplorable Democrats, to be sure. The Democratic Party overwhelmingly is indeed deplorable because of their actions that are real. Now, she says this because she doesn't like Trump. She doesn't have proof for this. She went on to say, you know, Trump supporters were the racist, sexist, homophobic, xenophobic, Islamophobic, you name it. And unfortunately, there are people like that, and he has lifted them up. The Democrats are promoting victimhood. They're promoting hatred every day. It was not Republicans and conservatives who were in the ranks of the B- of BLM who were burning down cities, looting cities in the name of social justice. 
Republicans are constantly decrying violence. You know what I want to do, actually? I want to play a clip because, you know, Trump supporters were being accused of inciting an insurrection, a violent insurrection on January 6th. And I've done this before, but it was probably last year. I want to play a clip. Uh, This is actually um, Lester Holt's show back in 2016. He had reporters on the ground. It was the lead-in to his uh, show. And I want to play the clip of the reaction from the left on Trump's inauguration day. Listen to this. Burning cars and smashed windows. A small group of protesters dressed in black, their faces covered, armed with hammers and bricks. Facing off with thousands of officers on site, many in riot gear, confronting them with flashbang grenades and pepper spray. All of a sudden, police officers started to spray pepper spray and they got our audio technician. They're coming. They're see us running because they're going to throw more flashbangs. The chaotic scene just blocks outside the secure area of the inauguration and parade route. I personally have anti-establishment slants, but I don't think that this is anything that I want to be a... Before the swearing-in ceremony even began, protesters tried to block checkpoint entrances. During President Trump's speech, several demonstrators were escorted out of the area. Several officers injured during the protest today, and more than 100 people arrested. Once the inaugural parade began, the newly sworn-in president facing thousands of peaceful protesters amongst his supporters. NBC's Stephanie Gosk was with him all day. When Donald Trump took the oath of office, the people here sang, we shall overcome. Resist from day one! Similar demonstrations across the country. Arrest outside Trump Tower, New York City. A human chain across San Francisco's Golden Gate Bridge. From Phoenix to Houston to Chicago, people protesting the country's... Now, there were not hundreds of police officers harmed on January 6th. The only person who was... who died of... Unnatural causes was a protester, Ashley Babbitt, who was shot and murdered by a Capitol Police officer. They did not define January 6th as mostly peaceful protest, did they? No, they blew it up and lied about what it was. But listen to that. Imagine if that scene had actually taken place on January 6th or on Joe Biden's inauguration day tear gas thrown and all that. That scene right there, which took place in D.C., eclipses anything witnessed on January 6th. And those protests, as you just heard, didn't just take place in D.C. They took, a, took place all across the country. People blocking traffic. People injuring people with those protests. But the media working overtime to tell you that despite the fact that cars are burning, Graffiti's on the walls. Police are being injured. A hundred of them. Hundreds of protesters, sorry. Hundreds of protesters arrested. Dozens, I believe, of police officers injured. Well, it was mostly peaceful, though, don't you know? That's your Democratic Party for you. That's your media for you. Lying through their teeth to push their agenda, which is totalitarian. And I am just telling you right now, You know, where does the federal debt forgiveness end, by the way? So right now it's federal, sorry, student debt forgiveness. What are they going to forgive next? What's the next unfair thing that we are, you know, have to be saved from 
by Uncle Joe and the Democratic Party. They're just creating a permanent victim class who looks to the Democratic Party to save them. And again, it's important to understand that they create these problems repeatedly. They're responsible for them. Federal student debt is created by the Democrat Party. They have federal student debt because it's federal. It's the federal government giving them the loan to pay for the cost of college. And then they get in debt, and the government comes along. This is about a transfer of wealth. And they say, well, you're off the hook. We gave you the loan. We're just going to transfer your debt to the other Americans in the country. Absolutely amoral. And again, do not forget that the most significant problem with this is that it is not lawful. Joe Biden cannot circumvent Congress, the legislative branch, and unilaterally clear, get rid of federal student debt. He is not the bank. He is not the Fed. He is the president of the United States. He is the executive branch And this represents a violation of the Constitution, of anarchy, of lawlessness. And this just is the icing on the cake, if you will, of our lurch towards de facto dictatorship. What else can Joe Biden not do with the sweep of a pen? Is he going to, well, we know that he paved the way for the FBI raid of Mar-a-Lago. Do you see the problem with this? We have to overcome our own feeling that we're beneficiaries of something and look at the lawless nature of it. And speaking of lawlessness, did you hear about Marjorie Taylor Greene? Well, she uh, reported that she was swatted by police at her her home in uh, Rome, Georgia at 1 a.m. on Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. So according to a Rome Police Department report, Rome police officers responded to a 911 call on Wednesday at 1.03 a.m., which led them to initially believe a man who had been shot multiple times in the bathtub at Green's home. The caller stated that there was a woman inside the home and possibly children with her. So have you heard conservatives doing this? Some little pajama-wearing person celebrating the federal loan forgiveness today, this type of individual called the police and played a dangerous prank on Marjorie Taylor Greene, calling into 911 and reporting that there was somebody dead in Greene's home. And the police showed up, a SWAT team showed up at her home. You know, we are increasingly in danger our lives because of the permissibility of this type of behavior, the the embrace of this type of behavior from the lawless left. And this is somebody who's not a politician who made this call. This is some Democrat voter out there who thinks this is appropriate. The ends justifies the means. This is where all of this federal, this is my alarm about the, you see, I've got a different take on everything, right? I see the big picture. I see the big picture. It's not just about the federal student debt forgiveness. It's about what it represents. No consequences. So here's somebody making a false report of a serious emergency so that a SWAT team, 
goes to Marjorie Taylor's Green in an attempt to frighten him, upset her, cause problems for that person. This is terrifying. This is terrifying. We cannot accept this. But what a surprise, you know? The President of the United States, Trump, well, his home was raided by the FBI. Marjorie Taylor Greene's home is swatted. Justice Kavanaugh has a lunatic from California show up near his home in Maryland with rope, with knives, with the intention of killing him and his family. And what are we supposed to do in response? Just sit here and say nothing? We have Mike Pence who wants to be president after the FBI proving to us once again that they are simply the brown shirts of the Democratic Party. Well, you know, the left is saying that, oh, you know, us condemning the FBI, you know, that's dangerous rhetoric that's making them at risk. I think they put up a uh, wall or something around the FBI headquarters now, just like they did it around the Capitol and everything else to feign victimhood to prevent us from speaking out. So they can do anything they want. They can commit acts of violence against us. But if we call them out on it, they're the ones claiming victimhood that they are, their lives are being put at risk because of us talking about the threat. This is what they did with Tucker Carlson, right? After the mass murderer wrote in his screed, his manifesto, that, you know, part of the, you know, impetus for him shooting up the the supermarket in Buffalo was because of uh, replacement theory, right? The Democratic Party, who has come out for years and said that they intend to replace American citizens with illegals. But when we address replacement theory, we're the ones who are responsible for violence. When that is actually something they have condoned for years. They're after free speech. They're after all of our rights. They're violating the Constitution. And we want to stand when we want to stand up for the Constitution, we are the domestic terrorists. I have talked about this many times on this show because I love history. I'm a history buff. And I look at the past to prevent future conflict. That's what any rational, moral person does. And about 20 years before Abraham Lincoln was president of the United States, he gave a speech called the Lyceum Address, which was in response to mob rule running rampant throughout America. He cited one example of, you know, back then they called him a mulatto, right? Mixed. Um, A mulatto man who actually had committed the crime of murder in plain sight. He'd shot someone and killed them. Well, he was seized by a mob and uh, burned alive, I believe. In other cases, a bunch of uh, gamblers, robbers, they were hanged by a mob. And in those cases, the law would have brought about that same consequence, not burning alive, but they would have been executed for their crimes. But he said, we have to resist this. Even when something's wrong, we have to stick to the Constitution. We can't become lawless. But the problem is when one side repeatedly violates the law, it leads to anarchy. And it leads to a violent response. When people push the envelope, when they behave like the Democratic Party, when they disregard the Constitution and then claim protection for themselves, 
while they attack our neighbors, our, our other citizens in America repeatedly, when Marjorie Taylor Greene is swatted, when the FBI raids Donald Trump's home, people start to look around them. It's affecting them and their families directly. And what recourse do they have? Because they can't look to Joe Biden. They can't look to the rhinos in, the, in Congress. They can't look to the FBI, the DOJ. They can't find protection anywhere because it's all being used and weaponized against their political opponents. And they are desperate for some American on the right to act out, to slip up, to lose it, so that they can use that example as justification for exact, for continued, even worse targeting of their political opponents. And unfortunately, the onus of combating this must come from Democrats. Democrats need to get their party in check. But they celebrate this because they simply believe that Republicans, Trump supporters, Trump, he's just so evil despite a single piece of evidence. Well, that he must be destroyed. You can swat homes. You can raid his house. You can put people in prison because they were walking around Congress on January 6th because the ends justifies the means. And the Democrats are writing more and more about civil war, but they want civil war. We speak about civil war because we don't want civil war. That is the fundamental difference. They're more than happy to destroy America in order to retain power. On our side, we've got people willing to give up power in hopes that the Democrats will stop. So, you know, the ramifications and the significance of this federal debt forgiveness is very, very severe. It's an illegal, unconstitutional action that is not only going to further harm the economy because now we're on the hook for another $300 billion, but he's buying votes. He's teaching Americans that if you're a leftist, if you're a liberal, you'll be protected, you'll be rewarded. And the majority of people in this country, certainly all of those on the Democrat side, by and large, are mentally weak. Mentally weak. They do not have the backbone. They don't have the principle to stand up to this because all they can see is their own selfish needs and desires. And the left sees protection. They see a lack of consequences. And that is an appealing party to them because they can feel good about themselves. They can behave recklessly without, any, without facing consequences. And that's going to attract more young people. Yes, indeed, the Democratic Party and their ideology is the greatest pandemic sweeping across this nation. And the only recourse we have is to try and combat them ideologically. This is an ideological war that we must win first. So do not celebrate federal debt forgiveness. If you do, I know this is harsh, but look, I'm Drew Allen, the Minister of Truth, and I am patriotically correct, and that's what I swear to you all. And so if you're celebrating this, you have no principle. All right, God bless you all until next time.